You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Happy Friday, church family. Ben's here today, and he's going to continue and wrap up our series of devotionals through 1 John. Hey, I hope this has been interesting for you, Cassidy, and for the rest of our church family. Uh, I love to think that our podcasts are allowing everybody to stay focused and connected while we're serving on mission. I have personally loved studying 1 John to be able to add these little devotional uh, encouragements. I'd love to hear from everybody just to find out if this is if this has been useful for you in the podcast. We're trying to figure out exactly the right way to use it. Okay, so Cassidy, are you ready for our topic today? Yes. Okay, so in 1 John, one of the topics that makes this tiny little letter so powerfully useful to the church is that John writes about a topic that we all need to consider. Most believers that I know have struggled with today's topic at some point in their life, and the topic is the assurance of your salvation. Mm. Cassidy, have you ever doubted your salvation? Oh, yes, definitely. Okay, so almost everybody that I know has. Maybe not everybody. That's probably an exaggeration. But tons and tons of really wonderful believers have doubted their salvation. So in the context of 1 John, after the false teachers uh, led this congregation astray and they began to backslide and begin to live lives that were more sinful, more separated from the Lord, one of the results was that they doubted their salvation because that's not the way Christianity was designed to be lived. You know, once we were adopted into God's family, really the design was for us to walk with Him. So after the season of backsliding or sin, well, the congregation seems to be doubting their salvation. So if you read through 1 John, there are tons of places where he grants evidences of salvation, where he would say, you cannot do this and be saved. Or he would say, hey, if you are saved, you definitely will be doing these things. Now, uh, I'll tell you that reading through for t- today's uh, podcast prep, like I found almost 30 verses that I identified today uh, were some form or other that, of, of assurance of salvation. Well, we don't have time for 30 verses. So what I want to do is just introduce the idea and encourage the church um, to go to the letter of 1 John. All right, so Cassidy, I want to read 1 John chapter 5, verse 13. Near the end of the letter, John says this. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. So he tells us one of the reasons he wrote was so that we could have confidence in our salvation. Uh, And yet I know that a great number of people in the church lack that confidence today. So my goal would be that we could put you on a track where you could find good Christian counsel and find assurance and confidence in your salvation. So let me give you a couple of the kinds of things in John's letter. I'll just deal with them kind of in big, rough topics, all right? So the first thing that I found in the letter was, have you dealt with sin? For example, John says that if you claim you have not sinned, well, then you made God out to be a liar. So if somebody says, I'm absolutely a Christian, I've never sinned, I'm not a sinner, well, they they don't understand the gospel in the very beginning, right? Another thing he says about dealing with sin is that, you know, if you confess your sins to Christ, he's faithful and he'll he'll cleanse you of all your unrighteousness. And so the first thing that he gives as an assurance of salvation basically is, man, have you acknowledged that you're a sinner? Have you confessed that sin to the Lord and allowed Jesus to heal? 
Okay, a second thing that recurs in the book is obedience. You know, he says things like, um, whoever does the will of the Father, or if you're in the light, you'll obey the commands of God, and his commands are not burdensome to you. Or, you know, the Father is righteous, and whoever follows him does what is right. So throughout the letter, there are lots and lots of examples of John saying that you would obey God. One that is particularly tricky for people is in chapter 3, verse 6, chapter 3, verse 9, and chapter 5, verse 18. Uh, John indicates that nobody who's born of God will continue in sin. And so that's a big problem for a lot of people in the church because uh, you look at your life and you say, well, I, I still sin. So does that mean I'm not saved? And when you go through those seasons of doubting where you're like hypercritical of yourself and your confidence is in your works, not in God's grace, your, your sin struggle uh, really makes you uneasy. And especially when you read 1 John 3, 6, 9, and chapter 5, verse 18. But I want to emphasize to our church family today that when you read those three verses, John's not trying to say that if a person sins, they're not saved. He's already told you that if you claim you don't sin, you made God out to be a liar. Rather, John's trying to tell you that it's not okay for a believer to agreeably lock in to a life pattern of sin. Like it's not okay for us to say, I'm willfully going to continue in a life of sin. Um, so for most of us, we would understand what Paul the Apostle is talking about when he describes the battle of the flesh versus the spirit, uh, that we are wrestling with our sin nature until we go to be with the Lord on his second coming or our death. So I just want everybody to know when you, when you understand that one mark of salvation is that we obey God. And then you read that we don't continue in sin. I don't want everybody uh, to extend that, to exaggerate that. Does that make sense, Cassidy? Yeah. All right. So another mark of salvation that is prevalent in the letter of 1 John is love. Anybody who does not know love does not know God because God is love. Anybody who loves has been born of God because Jesus taught us how to love by taking on uh, the, the form of a servant and dying on the cross for us. So throughout the letter, uh, we recognize that Christian love is a hallmark of salvation. And, you know, I would, I just really want to, you know, speak this to churches all over the Southeast, um, because I, th I think for a lot of believers, if we don't guard our hearts, we become very, you know, religious and you know, we, we're, we're accustomed to our religious rituals, maybe even accidentally hypocritical or judgmental, but we don't allow our love quotient to grow. We're in, in the letter of 1 John. John is writing that love is one of the hallmark signs of a believer. Okay, so one assurance of salvation is that you are learning to love, that you're allowing God's Spirit to change you. Our first three podcasts this week were about love. Mm -hmm. So if you're just picking up this one because of the topic, you might want to go back and, and read those first three and allow God to teach you how to love like Jesus. Mm -hmm. um, another mark of salvation in the letter is that you believe appropriately and you remain in Jesus and in the gospel. Um, John writes it, anyone who acknowledges the Son is saved. He says that what you've heard from the beginning needs to remain in you, um, that you continue to hold to the teachings you first heard. That would be the gospel, that you believe that Jesus is the Messiah, that you acknowledge that Jesus is the Son of God, that you believe that Christ came in the flesh. I want, to, I want to stop here for a minute 
because while John is saying that one of the marks of salvation is that you accept Jesus as the Messiah who died for your sins, that you really believe that he came to the world in the flesh, and that you believe what you heard from the beginning, which is the most basic teaching of the gospel truth, um, I just want to encourage the church family that I think a lot of the wrestling that people experience about whether or not they're saved is because they're not clinging to the gospel, because their confidence is in their ability to live perfectly in their own yeah. flesh, in their own strength. For me, the assurance of salvation and the security of salvation, that you, that God doesn't abandon you, it's born in God's heart, not in your strength. Mm-hmm. In other words, I absolutely believe that once a person's saved, they begin to live a life uh, that looks like Jesus, that, that we begin trying to obey the commands of God with the help of His Spirit, that we want to live better. But I don't want our confidence of salvation to be resting on our ability to be good or to do good because we are still broken sinners, even though we're redeemed saints. So I think of it like this. When we call out to Jesus Christ for salvation, he cleansed us of our sins. The Holy Spirit washed them away. He sealed us. He wrote our name in the Lamb's Book of Life. He adopted us into his family. And my confidence of salvation rests more in God's grace than in my strength. Mm -hmm. In other words, I was adopted by God, who is a good, good father. And he's not going to unadopt me for a season of struggle or a mistake. And so if our confidence of our salvation rests in our ability to produce good works, well, then it's no wonder we wrestle and doubt our salvation. But if our, if our confidence in salvation comes from our right belief about Jesus Christ, that he's the only one who could rescue us, that he came and died and rose again for us, and that we have committed our lives 100% to him, that he's our Lord, then we should be able to have confidence that we've been adopted into God's family. But I think a major step for believers is to lean on the gospel of God's grace and remain in what we heard from the beginning um, rather than putting confidence in the flesh. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. I think one that for me, one of the most crippling things when I was going through my season of doubt was just, um, just keeping it like not really talking about it, and I just felt so much guilt from right. it and shame. Right. I felt like I was a hypocrite every time I stepped into the church. Like, yeah, man, I'm doubting my salvation. Who am I to be here and maybe teaching or sharing right. with someone? And I just, I never, I never talked to anybody about it. I just kind of kept it quiet and thought I could work through scripture on my own with it. And I think that's possible, but for me, it just wasn't. And I really found freedom whenever I went to people like, like you or, and I, I know I went to Stroh during that time and just talked it out with them. Right. You know what I find, Cassidy, is that um, doubts of salvation can come at any time in life, but I, I find that I'm counseling a lot of college students and young adults. Uh, yeah. That just seems to be a major season mm-hmm. of soul searching and doubting, questioning. Um, the other thing that I would say is you got great advice right there. Please lean in the counsel of the church. Mm-hmm. Like find a, a godly, a godly man, a godly woman that you trust and begin to share with them. Don't don't try to wrestle with this all by yourself. Really go in, and seek counsel. The other thing that I want everybody to understand clearly is that some of this rests in our concept of God. And we're gonna be talking more about God next week in the podcast. But some of this depends on our concept of God. In other words, if we think that God is a trickster, an angry judge that is determined mm-hmm. to find a way to, to demonstrate that we weren't quite good enough, that we didn't sign every place in the contract, and so he's not going to let us into his heaven. Well, then, of course, we think salvation is super hard, and we wonder, did we do it right, and have I missed something? But rather, I think if you have an appropriate understanding of God, 
the understanding Jesus gave us, that he is a loving father who has gone to every end to redeem his sons and daughters, then you'd recognize that you know, God did not send Jesus to die on a cross to suffer for us, to be, to be killed and then raised as an atonement for our sins so that he could make it hard for us to be saved. Like God has come to us. He's a rescuing and redeeming God. He's full of grace and love. In other words, I, I think that we suspect that God must be more like us, therefore he's tricking us or, or we've mm-hmm. missed something. And because of that broken concept of God, we're really wrestling in our salvation. But when we recognize that our salvation was born in the goodness of God from a generous and gracious loving Father, I think that opens our mind to understand that his salvation for us was not complex. Now, it's neither is it cheap. It costs yeah. Christ everything and it costs us everything. But it's not complicated. Um, so anyway, I, I want to encourage everybody to return to the simple truth of the gospel and to the person of Jesus Christ as a sign of your salvation. And if you're questioning your salvation, just ask yourself, is Christ your Lord? And if he's not, well, then make him your Lord today. Be saved. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if, if soul searching demonstrates to you that you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, well, then stop today and give it to him. Mm-hmm. Cassidy, one of the things that's amazing to me is that the people who I find often are doubting their salvation the most, who are wrestling with this the most, are brothers and sisters whose consciences are finely tuned, who want badly to please God. In other words, mm-hmm. it's, it's this is not primarily the concern, or at least in my experience, it's not primarily the concern of the person who never thinks about God and doesn't care about God. Yeah, It's primarily the concern of the person who really wants to walk mm-hmm. with God. Um and so I just want to encourage you back to the simple truth of the gospel and to the loving Father that saved you. Two more things to share. Um, one mark of salvation in the letter of 1 John is that God has given us his spirit, that we've received the spirit of the Lord and that we walk in it. Another uh, evidence of salvation in the letter of 1 John is that we would remain in the church. In chapter 2, verse 19, he talks about false teachers and apostates who left the church because really they never belonged to it. Mm. Um, and so there is a sense that perseverance and a lifelong commitment to the to the bride and body of Christ, to a place in the church, is a sign uh, that you've been redeemed and are part of God's, of God's family. So I want to end by reading 1 John 4, 18. This is what the, the Bible says. There is no fear in love because perfect love drives out fear. And I want you to know that we're talking about judgment here, like in the context of 1 John 4. In other words, there's no fear in the judgment. You're not afraid that when you stand before the the judgment seat of Christ, you'll be exiled into hell. Rather, that fear has been cast out by the perfect love of Christ, and you know that you have a place in his family. So I'll read again. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because Fear has to do with punishment, and the one who fears is not made perfect in love. I just want you to know that God in his love wants believers to cast out that fear, to be made perfect in the love of Christ and the simple truth of his gospel, to receive his love and be loved, and then love, learn to love our brothers and sisters, because God wants his sons and daughters to have confidence in his love and that we are adopted into his family. I don't think it was his design for us to wrestle with this. Uh, I think it was his design for us to have confidence and security here. And so my counsel to the church is read through the letter of 1 John with, with a pen and a pad in hand and, and take notes 
search the letter of 1 John for marks of salvation and deal with God on these issues. Like go to him in prayer, find good Christian counsel from a brother and sister, share this with the church and find confidence in your salvation. And if your soul searching yields that you've not given your life to Christ, well then praise the Lord for his grace to reveal yeah. that and give your life to Jesus today. Let's celebrate baptism and begin walking with Jesus. So I know it's a little bit longer episode of the podcast today, but thank you very much for listening, and I hope that this is useful. Um, I've got a list of verses that I found this morning reading through. I'd be happy to share those if you want to see them. Why don't you send an email to me or to Cassidy? I'd prefer that you send it to Cassidy, and she'll (laughs) give you a list of the verses that I found if you want to start a Bible study or, or, uh, or go through this. But I suggest you do the same thing yourself and make your own list. Cassidy, thanks for being with us today. 